it's com it's way more common than people think and i that you know that's not something they share with you when they're talking about everything else about how to make a baby i don't think it's something to be ashamed of i think it's it's reality and i don't know why people think that it's something that you should hide Hey y'all, thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur Podcast, the podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our Confident Tribe. Let's get into it. Hello. Hey. Well, welcome on today, Erin. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so for those who don't know you, do you want to just start My out by introducing yourself? Yeah, you can introduce yourself too. That's totally okay. Uh, introduce yourself, your family, and then just a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm Erin. I own Harmony Emporium, which is a fairly new uh boutique and it is size inclusive which is super important to me um yes and I do have my daughter is hanging out with me her name is Doreen she's here as well I love everything <laughs> you love everything <laughs> um I don't know I have a, two dogs two cats I love animals um, in my previous life, I managed a kitchen and I decided that I wanted a change and making people feel good about themselves. I just had a dentist appointment. Yes. <laughs> making people feel good about themselves in the body that they have is one of my passions. Sorry, that's my tablet. So her uh, boutique is in Laramie. So I've been in there a few times and it is awesome that like very size inclusive, um, like so many cute outfits in there. I love the jeans, the Judy blue jeans. They're the only jeans I've ever found that fit me perfectly everywhere. I never find anything that actually fits me. So I do love that. Um, just so you guys know, I am in a Starbucks today. I'm traveling, so it might be a little noisy on my end, but we'll we'll try and keep it down. But um, so yes, I love Aaron's boutique. It's super cute. You guys should definitely check it out. But so what made you to decide to like kind of switch everything and move into the boutique from what you were doing before? Because it's very like opposite ends of things, I feel like. Well, I um I went to school for baking pastry arts and food service management. And I had a goal when I was in school, I took a non-commercial food service class and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a non-commercial food service. I wanted to serve that portion of the community and um, that's what I did. So I kind of achieved those goals pretty early. I, uh, I can't remember if I was 26 or 27 when I took over as the director of food service um, for the local hospital here, but um, I did that and then COVID hit and I know that COVID changed a lot of people's uh, perspectives and um, COVID was, was difficult. I mean, healthcare and food service combined. Um, that was difficult for me and uh, even though I tried to tell myself it wasn't terrible since we were in Wyoming, we didn't have as, quite as much um, things shutting down, you know, as other states, maybe like Colorado and stuff, not quite as um, strict, but it was still, it was still hard. It was different. And then you don't know how those things affect you until they happen, I guess, I don't, <laughs> or until you really reflect on how it was versus how it is now. And I decided I wanted to change the pace. I really had to look deep at what I wanted, what I wanted. Um, and I had uh, struggled with infertility for um, eight years 
and had finally had my miracle baby after um, the first time ever getting pregnant, me ending in a miscarriage. Um, I had my miracle baby and she, you know, I, I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with her as much as I wanted to uh, doing what I was doing and working the way I was working. And then of course, maybe even like being able to spend time to her, it wasn't quality time because I was constantly worried about what was happening with my job, what was happening at work and having a lot of mental issues. Um, I, I don't know how much I share this with people or if people really understand the extent of my, some of my mental struggles. Um, but it was, it was terrifying uh, to be breaking down and having those thoughts and feelings after I've worked so hard to have my miracle child. And, um, you know, I needed, I needed a change it. I mean, to have your child be the one comforting you as you're having a breakdown is so heartbreaking. I mean, especially when you know yourself that, that, that mental struggle, it's that, that one piece isn't necessarily going to change the mental struggle that's already happening, if that makes sense. Um, you know, yeah, you, makes total you, sense. you know that you don't want to be that way, but you're having a difficult time figuring out how to get out of it. And so um, I made a pretty significant move. You know, my husband and I had have discussed before, like food trucks, you know, would I want to do something like that? Would I want to stay in food service? And I said, you know what? I think I want to um, move away from food service and see if that helps and, um, you know, do it running a boutique and doing those types of, um, you know, backend transactions as far as what's going to make you money, how to make money with that isn't very different from like a food, pr you know, it's all, this is how much you need to, you know, charge to make X, Y, and Z, that kind of stuff. It's, that's very similar. And I've always had a love of fashion. I've always had people ask me um, to help dress them. I've had people, you know, so many compliments over the years about dressing myself. And um, I love, I love shopping and finding stuff that looks good on people. And, and the more I'm in it, the more I do the research, it's like, oh, I knew that already, you know. I've been doing that the whole time, but this is just validation of why, I, you know, the why. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's always nice when you get that validation, you know, just to know that you know what you're doing, especially when you're jumping into something totally new. But I mean, business is also business. Like you said, that background behind mm -hmm. the scenes work of a business is basically the same, no matter what kind of industry you're in or whatever. So the fact that you had that already was you know, I'm sure super helpful, but I did want to go more into depth about kind of your infertility journey and what that was like for you. Um, cause I know that's a big piece of your story is, you know, that struggle to get pregnant, which I think a lot of women go through, but we don't talk about it as often as we should be talking about it. So, um, do you want to talk about that a little bit kind of what was going on there what that was like for you and I know you brought up some of the mental struggles that came along with everything too um yeah so I guess I mean I got married very um uh, quite young um and so I mean I got engaged when I was 19 and I got married when I was 21 20 I think 22 I don't know anymore you're like somewhere in there <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there <laughs> um and you know and I had always you know wanted to have a family that was big goals of mine and that was something that my now husband and I um talked about in length before we really got serious um because I actually met my husband on an online dating service before they were super popular because this was you know, back in 2008. 
yeah <laughs> so anyway um so yeah and he wanted you know multiple kids and so did I and we were aligning and everything like that so it was really kind of devastating to get a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome from my doctor and then to tell me that you will have trouble getting pregnant you know when you're ready we have ways to try and help you get pregnant but you know this is not going to be like easy breezy time for you and so that was yes <laughs> um and so that was difficult to hear and I mean like um as some of us do I got myself a fur baby <laughs> um you know I love my animals very much uh they comfort me and so we you know, we had to go through that whole um, process of what is this going to, you know, how does this look? What does this look, look like? What is it going to take? Um, what are the real issues? Oh, yes. Sorry. She would like the blanket. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I mean, that's a mental struggle. And, um, and I have an identical twin sister who happened to um, end up getting pregnant a few years after um, that diagnosis for me, you know, so that's difficult to kind of go through um, because we're identical. We have the same DNA, but it definitely, you know. Uh, Impacted you differently than it did her. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um so yeah so we uh the i mean you you kind of figure have to figure out you know when is the right time to start you know okay you can try naturally but when is the right time to um start using medical intervention like how like i mean and all of that costs a lot of money and most insurances do not cover those things and that always infuriated me that it was, you know, that's because it's your choice to go through these treatments to have a child. <laughs> and um, so uh, it was, the it was a very American long American healthcare system is a sham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like having um, the job I had at the time I had it was, um, you know, divine intervention for me. I, you, things come to you when you need them. Um, I worked in healthcare already, so that was helpful as far as having that, um, those people around me that understood how the medical system worked and how like, and, and had a little more understanding of people going through infertility and, you know, because you, when you see it every day, when, when you um, are around you know, um, those types of things all the time. So I, it, I had some pretty understanding, um, supervisors that allowed me to, you know, go and have some of these things done. I, uh, there was a point, uh, a, f a few years in, in my twenties where I thought that I was going to need a full hysterectomy. <laughs> um, after starting this process, I realized the medication wasn't working the way it was supposed intended. And I ended up with a 16 centimeter cyst on my ovary that they were concerned about cancer. And so we had to go into this surgery where it was like, you may not come out of this being able to have children at all. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was wow. pretty traumatic. And then, um, just uh, going through that and then, you know, doing the medical treatments, those not working, um, even going to the specialists down in Denver, you know, um, spending the money on that and that just end up not being quite feasible for us. I mean, how, how many people can say that that's feasible for them, you know, to just drop that much money? on a very small percent chance <laughs> right time and money and the medical the mental aspect of everything that was going on 
Like it's such an overwhelming process. So I can't, I can't believe that you had to like go through assist too, because of the medication that you were on to try and help with this. It almost mm-hmm. like cost you everything. That's insane. So you kind of knew going into things that you had PCOS and it was going to be kind of difficult for you to probably get pregnant before you guys were actually trying to get pregnant, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you had some sort of an idea going into it. How long did you guys try naturally before you started going into the IVF process? And then like, did you do shots or like what, what was the actual like process itself like? So we actually never made it to IVF. Um, okay. I, I, I 100% my child is a miracle. Um, so so after all of those journeys, I did do a medic, you know, oral medication with shots um, to try and trigger that ovulation and did the whole come in and do an ultrasound 80 million times in one week um, struggle. <laughs> um, I did all that a couple, I can't remember if it was like two or three times and it was never, um, I only, I think I only was able to get the shot once. Um, that there was actually like follicles that were developed enough. Uh, it was difficult. So, and then of course, after that surgery, it was really difficult. They were able to save my ovary, which was awesome, but it was super difficult to find most of the time. And um, and my first pregnancy was actually um, ectopic, but they couldn't find where it went. It was not actually in a tube. <laughs> so, um, and then... I subsequently after my child have had another ectopic pregnancy where they could not find where the, um, where it was, it was not in a tube either. Um, but what actually, um, produced my miracle baby was acupuncture. I ended up, um, finding, finding out about, well, first of all, I lost 70 pounds. Let's (laughs) I lost 70 pounds, um, after, you know, obviously that was, I don't know, maybe a year or so in the making. And then I, uh, went and sought out a specific fertility acupuncturist and I traveled to Fort Collins once a week, um, for acupuncture. And of course I started this in the fall slash winter. So that was fun. And for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, this terrain, going from Laramie to Fort Collins in the fall slash winter um, can be extremely difficult and dangerous. <laughs> uh, with yeah, it's like an wind. ice freak out there usually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the fog and all that jazz. And mm-hmm. um, so I traveled down there and it um, amazingly took three months. And I did, and I had stopped doing any of the other um medications any of that so I was solely um dependent upon the acupuncture and of course she had she it wasn't it's not just acupuncture it is a lifestyle change that she has you do she you know has a consultation with you she there are some natural herbs and things that she would like you to, you know, like supplements that she would like you to take. Um, and then she really gears it towards you and your personal issues. Not gonna lie to you, that hour of acupuncture was probably the most relaxing thing ever. I fell asleep every time. I don't know if anyone else can say they can fall asleep with needles stuck in them, but it was great. <laughs> Being with needles, yeah. you're like over there sleeping. Yeah, I'm like, thank That's you. <laughs> it is my nap time. Uh so and how long had you been doing everything else before the three months with her? So about seven and a half years. And well, then it only and, took I mean, three, so three months first, with her. That's crazy. The first, I think the first two or three years we tried naturally, obviously, when we started getting more serious about, okay, you know, if we're looking to have multiple children, which I mean, obviously it's... <laughs> Um, but has yet to happen. Um, 
you know, having, and then, you know, years and years of, like, there was a surgery, and there were, you know, months of taking the medication before that, that obviously didn't work, and then the year of losing weight, and them saying that maybe weight loss was, because I actually went to two different fertility specialists, um, during that time frame down at two different places down in Denver. Um, gosh, there was so much, you know, you kind of block some of it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Trauma will do to, that to you. And then at, at the end of the day to say, you know, none of this is working and the um, traveling, I mean, cause so not just the money aspect, but the time aspect of, IVF or any of those um, options requires you to like stay near that doctor's office for a week at a time. And who can say that they can just take work off like that can has the financial means to stay in a hotel for that long for however long, you know, there's tests involved and the medical expenses on top of it. It's, I mean, that and then they tell you that stress can impact your cycles and whether or not you can actually get pregnant. I just can't imagine also staying calm in all of that um, yeah, world. So, I mean, there's That's just crazy. a lot of, so, so to spend, you know, I, I'm not going to say it still wasn't an investment to go down, you know, to, for the travel time and the expense to do acupuncture, but it was definitely more attainable. Um, and so, and it was a, you know, all these other things aren't working. There's not a whole lot of other choice we have. And I had known somebody else that had used this person and had, had um, gotten pregnant and successfully carried to term twins. So, um, you know, there was already a, a um you know an example that I could see but I know that um I know that the acupuncturist um that she was pretty impressed too that that was but I mean she had me not eating certain foods not having cold foods drinking spearmint tea and I mean I took all of it very seriously I went and found like the tea leaves, got my own little tea bags to make my, (laughs) to make the very specific thing that I needed, you know, and, and just really, I mean, gosh, eliminate caffeine because caffeine can restrict the blood flow. And there's so many things, there's so many things that go into that. And yeah, you, you couldn't just do it the old fashioned way and just automatically have it happen. It was much more of a process for you in every single way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I continued. um, And then of course, having been pregnant previously, but not having the egg actually reach the uterus, um, you know, I, we continued to do acupuncture for the first three months of my uh, pregnancy as well and I mean I I believe in it I mean obviously to go so many years with <clears throat> such devastating any of that you know work. over and over no it's Jeez, I mean well, heartbreaking I can't even imagine but I mean I I'm so happy that it worked out and now you have your miracle baby but it was like definitely a process to get there I've heard that sometimes especially with fertility and things like that if you um go to certain doctors or whatever the they'll either refuse treatment or do whatever things until like a woman loses weight or does those types of things. Did you run into that? Is that why you decided to lose weight or was that like a personal choice to just try and do that to help with the process? So a little bit of both. I, um, the first position that I went to ended up being very, um, I don't, I don't bias to the fact that I was overweight. 
yeah whatever, whatever you want to say I mean it it wasn't you don't realize those things until you decide you realize like a year later okay so I had gone to this physician for a year and I'm like I don't understand why this person just keeps you know giving me medication so I mean I was having a medication to force a period because I wasn't having periods and then I got a medication after the forced period to force ovulation and then it was like are you supposed to be checking on me because during all these things I mean I'd go months without talking to this doctor and it was like here you go here here's the things to try and I mean obviously I and then you know all of a sudden I was like man sometimes it feels like there's a baseball in my abdomen area you, you, you know um when I'm sleeping on my stomach or try to you know move a certain way and that's weird but it didn't hurt and that was the cyst by the way <laughs> um so who knows how long it was hanging out in there before you know because finally I'm like you know what I without think... him checking or anything yeah and and he didn't actually um check that uh I ended up saying you know what I think I need to see somebody else <laughs> And um, that person was like, you know, a, the A, B, and C didn't happen. And I was like, nope. And so they immediately, you know, uh, decided to check check me out. And that's when they found the cyst and said, you know, you, you, this is an emergency. Um, you know, this needs to come out. So, you know, I mean, there's there's been a lot of like he wasn't listening to your concerns and just like miss that stuff because he had this biased view of things or what Uh, possibly um I'm also super forgetful terrifying though I like I wasn't dwelling on that you know as Mm -hmm. funny as that sounds I don't think I ever dwelled on um oh hey sometimes it feels like there's something giant inside of my (laughs) Like that didn't occur to me because you're in your twenties. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that stuff doesn't happen. You're like in I don't know 20s. what feels normal. <laughs> yeah, like whatever. Cool, just, just a passing thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, but I mean, there was never any like internal check, which would have obviously, um, figured that that would have shown up pretty quickly. Um, because I do, yeah, I mean, I do have polycystic so ovarian syndrome, so I, I have, um, I've had other, uh, images oh. taken, uh, for mm-hmm. other issues and stuff like that, where they're like, oh, you know, as a side note, they'll say that there's a two or three centimeter cyst, you know, but those usually burst and go away on their own. But so it's funny. Cause I mean, even like procedures that had nothing to do with my feminine, <laughs> um parts working where where there were side notes from from you know physicians checking out your your uh scans or whatever saying oh just as a side note this is there but you'd think a six 16 centimeter one would um show up for someone yeah that definitely sounds like you know a little bit of medical neglect there and just not doing some imaging, especially when they know that you have PCOS and stuff. I feel like that should have been one of the first things that they were doing before they were throwing a bunch of different medications and other things at you. But that's a problem with our uh, medical system as a whole, in my opinion, (laughs) especially when you did things like actually like more of that lifestyle change and the acupuncture, more of those holistic things. And I ended up working out. Right, right. Yeah, because I mean... At the end of the day, I had, you know, and some of the doctors that I saw, especially the specific fertility specialists, they were a little more understanding and they were like, even a 10% decrease in your weight will significantly change your um, ability to become pregnant. And so they tried to break it down into something a little easier and maybe attainable, you know, so they're like, you know, I was through 300 pounds. So they're like, okay, 30 pounds is going to change that. And 30 pounds is a lot more attainable than them telling you, you need to lose 150 pounds. You know, one of those is like, oh yeah, I could probably handle that. And the other one's like, that's too big of a number. You know what I mean? Like 
you just shut down at that point. And I'm sure that happens to a lot of people, but in reality, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's not as big of a change as you're thinking that that's going to help improve your odds. And so, I mean, and I mean, at the, I did a lot of soul search. I tried, I've tried to lose weight and gained it back multiple times, multiple times. I mean, it's difficult. And um, well, with I mean, PCOS, I gained, that's one of the things that you run into a lot, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, you have insulin resistance and all the other nine yards. The thing that helped me the most is actually weightlifting. Um, that, well, because I don't really like running. I prefer to weightlift. Uh, <laughs> People who like running are weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sorry to those of you who like running, but for me, weightlifting is the way to go. Yeah, the, the weights are my friend. I like it. I'll do it all the time. Like, yeah. I will definitely, but try to put me on a treadmill or an elliptical. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not for me, but I'll go back and lift those weights or like do a hit training. Those are fun for me. You know, you have to find what's fun for you. And I might be a weirdo thinking a hit training is fun, but. Even as a plus size person, it was, they were very inclusive. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you also have to find the right gym. Yes, that is very true. Finding the right gym and the right like coach or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whatever type of fitness excites you. You actually are going to enjoy those are the things, but yeah. So, I mean, at the end of it, all of the fertility journey, the eight years basically of it, you ended up being able to get pregnant with your little girl what mm-hmm. was that like after going through all of that being able to see like your baby at the end of it at the end um very much a relief and also very surreal I mean there there was a split second where you're like this is my child are you sure like I mean <laughs> to the I, I mean I you know um I'm very much a believer in God and he had to test me all the way through. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I was on edge the whole pregnancy. Uh, You know, she stopped moving for a a little longer than I would have liked. And I was at the hospital, you know, and um, I was also high risk pregnancy, unfortunately. And so, I mean, so the, the, blessing in that is that they checked me twice a week at the very end and I was always getting to hear her heartbeat I mean that's very reassuring um you know uh and then at the end I ended up needing to be induced uh a little earlier uh because of some preeclampsia and you know yay um (laughs) and you know, 30 plus hours later after she decided to Superman out, uh, that's not really a thing. So I had to do a C-section, which was, you know, they ask you what your birth plan is. And my only birth plan request was, I don't want a C-section. So of course that's what I got. Uh, I'm like, I don't care about That's usually else. how it goes. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I don't care if there's music. I don't like it you know, smell, it can smell whatever it wants to smell like, lights on or off, whatever. I just don't want to see section because I'm just terrified of, of being awake during that process. So that was, that was not a good time for me. I, I do appreciate that you talk about how scary and on edge you were throughout the whole pregnancy though. Cause I think that's something that you know, we don't really talk about, especially when you've been through a pregnancy loss already before, struggled with all of these, like, infertility issues up to this point, like, there's so much fear in that pregnancy, like, it's really hard to enjoy the process as you're going through it. Oh, most definitely, and then, I mean, as a side note, I've definitely been encouraged that if I do get pregnant again, to immediately start um, some counseling, Um, and I, I would agree, like, if that happens, I probably do need to, I mean, because the last pregnancy I had, I can't remember if we, um, were like seven weeks along before we realized that it wasn't viable, you know, that, and I mean, for someone like, 
if if you're on an infertility journey you know the second you miss your period this is not a you're looking up in the clouds one day and say hey i think i haven't had my period and now you're six or seven weeks pregnant or maybe even eight weeks pregnant and it's like woohoo you know that's cool no no you know <laughs> with the first day you you know you've been tracking you've been um, taking tests, you know, you probably need to, to have stock in for pregnancy tests by then, you know, you know, which pregnancy test is going to give you the result the quickest when I go in to get, and then of course, because of my issues, I usually, um, confirm with a blood test, you know, my blood test numbers are very low, but they are, you know, you are pregnant, but wow, did you catch it right away? <laughs> you know, immediately. But you so, know like, yourself and your body well enough at that point to know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so to go the, the, how many weeks thinking it's going to happen again, like this is real. You're so excited. And then to realize that that's not the case. And then of course, um, there's a lot of things involved with a miscarriage that aren't talked about either. Um, how long it takes afterwards to to get your body back to rights depending on how long it's the pregnancy lasted you know um people don't talk about that i mean um i can gosh i can go back and look at things that i've um signed for or you know handwritten things from the time frame uh after my miscarriage where you can't read it and you were like, you thought you were okay by that point, but you obviously were not like, you're not sleeping. You're, you're not, you know, you're not back. Your body's not to rights, your brain, you're mentally not to rights. Yeah. Your hormones are so everywhere during that whole process that, yeah, it can be a lot. Um, so speaking of, you said that you went through another loss after your daughter so between the losses, the infertility journey, everything like that, do you and your husband still envision having more kids or is that something that you're like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, we would love to have at least one more. Um, we've kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that it, it probably won't happen. Um, if it happens, that would be amazing I've you know I'm 35 so there's still some time um my uh coincidentally my mother was a mir miracle pregnancy and my grandmother was 40 when she had my mom and I mean that's back in the 50s so <laughs> um anything's possible and I mean you know we've always thought about maybe my grandmother and I you know, had the same issues, that kind of thing. I've, I have theories about, I got pregnant when I was, um, 29, just about to turn 30. That's the first drop in estrogen. You know, maybe I had too much estrogen and that first drop brought me into like the normal range to have a child. I mean, I've gained a lot of weight back since I had my daughter, which you know, I've, you know, when you, you know, people say you get married and then you gain a bunch of weight because you're comfortable. You know, I had my daughter and I was happy and comfortable and, um, and then COVID hit and he, you know, stress and all that. We jazz, all gained but, weight. <laughs> yeah. But in the last few months, I'm finally like, yeah, it's time. It's time to kick myself in the butt again. So, you know, not out of the ring yet, but I'm not sure if I have the bandwidth to do everything all over again. Um, and I then mean, of course I've also struggled mentally with, am I, could I mentally handle more loss? You have to, you have to think about that because one out of three <laughs> um, was viable and, you know, and she would love to have a sibling. She's been uh, lobbying 
and later in life she'll understand as as Uh, they do at that age (laughs) yeah yeah she's lobbying pretty hard she's pretty cute with all the little babies that come into the shop or whatever she'll (laughs) play with them and (laughs) yeah yeah well it's a little understandable when they're that age and they don't quite understand everything but I'm sure like I I always get this as a person who only has one child and he's going to be six this year do you always get the questions of like oh why don't you guys have kids yet or like you know I'm pretty open about my (laughs) I'm pretty open with people about my infertility I'm like, I met somebody the other day that I uh, like opened up about pretty quickly, you know, because it's, I don't think it's something to be ashamed of. I think it's, it's reality. And I don't know why people think that it's something that you should hide. Um, But I'm also, I also feel like sometimes I'm just a strange person. Um, But I'm, I'm happy to overshare about my infertility. Um, some other things I guess I won't overshare about, but oh, I love the overshare. I'm an oversharer. Yeah. I'm an oversharer <laughs> to the extreme um, about certain things, but you know, it's it's more common than people realize. It's something that should be talked about. It's something that people should be aware of. I was not aware that that a lot there are. I don't know what the percent is, but there is a large percentages of people that get pregnant and their first pregnancy ends in a miscarriage. And, um, I mean, I know of a few, inclu- including myself, even though yeah, mine wasn't common. viable to begin with. But um, it's, com- it's way more common than people think. And I, that, you know, that's not something they share with you when they're talking about everything else about how to make a baby. You know what I mean? They, they don't share that for some people it's extremely difficult to have a baby although maybe that's because people will be like maybe I'm that person and you know but <laughs> um you don't want to be that person um but so I I don't know I guess um I'm so since I'm so open I don't get that question a lot as far as you know I do get the question of do you think you'd try to have another and I guess that is for for a very long time there after this last miscarriage, my answer was no. Um, but um, but I've definitely been working through a lot of that. And, you know, it's you're definitely not going to, you know, jump back into it right away. Yeah, especially like you said, with the mental aspects of everything that's going on there, not just the physical and, you know, you wanting to start getting back into working out and things, but also like the mental aspect, the fear of everything and wondering if you can handle another loss. If it did end up in another loss, that's so real. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people that I know that handle have have handled far more losses than I have. Um, and, you know, we've had Miss Jordan on here. She's also friends with Jordan. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I can, I can only, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine, you know, and, and I'm sure that. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, but I can only imagine. Um, you talked about Jordan, which is one of her favorite people. Uh, you know, um, oh, what other, what I'm these, sure her and the girls get along. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not in here. I'm sorry, because the screen is pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, I need to be seen. <laughs> yes. Yes. This, this little girl has no no qualms She's very though. confident and self-assured yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, i hope it stays that way forever <laughs> right well and that's another great thing about you having the boutique and you know getting to show her like everybody's body looks beautiful and like you know just like that confidence that you exude and you get to like share with other women is gonna impact her down the line 
Yes, and she absolutely loves to give other people compliments. You know, I I mean, if she thinks that you're that you look good in something, she will tell you. You come out of that dressing room and she's there. (laughs) She'll also tell you no. So, I mean, she's pretty honest and that's good, too. I'm definitely one of those people that I'm not going to tell you that that looks good just to sell something. And if it takes me a minute to tell you, it's it's not because I don't like it. It's because I'm really assessing like, the situation. Like, how does this look on your body? How does it fit your body? You know, um, I really like, you know, obviously I'm, it's new and um, my, my boutique is still pretty young, but I really enjoy being the one that's there most of the time. Sometimes you'll run into my husband or my sister, but. Yeah, I didn't realize me. you had a twin sister until I walked into the shop <laughs> one day and like was like, oh, where are the pants that I was going to grab from you? And she was like, you must be talking about my sister. And I was like, yep. <laughs> so I totally didn't know until I walked in that day that you had yeah, a twin sister. I mean- I guess there's another selfish reason for me to start my weight loss journey is sometimes some of the boutique clothing doesn't come in a large enough size for me. And that's, you know, I'd like Mm -hmm. to be as size inclusive as I possibly can. And that means having some pieces that are, you know, maybe extra small if I can find that. And some pieces that are, you know, I'm usually a 3X, but sometimes the 3X isn't as great on me as I would like it to be. And so I there are a few things on my website that I go up to 5x in because it's it's hard it's it's hard when it's hard for me to find it I know it's hard for you to find it and um you know that's why I offer children's clothes too and a lot of times you know I I've been trying to do some mommy and me type things or daddy and me I made some shirts that were more daddy and me the other day Um, but you know, that's, I get that, that, um, about older children too. It's hard to find clothes for older children. It's hard to find clothes for boys. It's hard to find, you know, so, and I'm like, I have a hard time finding clothes for boys for the store. I can't even imagine the moms out there trying to buy clothes for their boys. Um, well, and I love that you said like you have everything from like an extra small all the way up to like the four or five X because like all of our bodies are built so different. You know, the clothes that is typically available is so not inclusive. I mean, if you look at like me, you, and Jordan, Jordan is very tall and very skinny. So I'm sure she has a difficult time finding clothes that fit her correctly. I'm like, you know, very short and thick and my butt is huge and my waist is small. So I have a hard time mm-hmm. finding anything that fits me correctly there. Like we all have issues with finding those clothes that are going to fit to our bodies the right way instead of making us feel bad about you know our bodies because our clothes don't fit them you know what I mean right yeah and and it's just it's amazing the I mean I get such an awesome feeling when somebody comes out of the dressing room and is like hallelujah you know this these fit especially those Judy Blues you know I'm like just try them I know you wear leggings forever and ever, but just try them because Judy Blues or jeans is going to get as close to leggings as you possibly can, you know, with jeans. But I mean, but I've also had people that Judy Blues don't work for and, and that's fine too. And there's another brand um, called Can Can that I suggest for those people. And a lot of it has to do with Judy Blue has those cuts out, cutouts for your thicker thighs and and you know thicker calves and some people don't have that but they need that size and so there's another brand out there that will accommodate those needs so that you've taken the time to like learn and be able to find those brands that are going to work best for different people Mm -hmm. so um well i think let's start to wrap it up here because we're just about out of time but Thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your journey and everything that you've gone through. I know it's just a small snippet 
of like you and who you are and yeah. why you are who you are. But thanks for sharing it with us and being so open about it. Because like you said, I think so many people go through it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And we need to normalize it more. So um, do you just want to wrap us up by telling other people where they can find you, where they can uh, go online to view the clothes for the boutique? Um, all of those different things. Sure, yeah, I have. So um, my boutique is called Harmony Emporium and I have a storefront in Laramie, here in Laramie, Wyoming. And that is at 30th and Grand um, in the little shopping center there. And then I also have a full online uh, boutique as well. And those, there are some, a lot of online exclusive clothings, clothing on there as well. And that's called theharmonyemporium.com. Um, that's also my email, theharmonyemporium at gmail.com. Um, I sometimes put the wrong thing down for people. Sorry. <laughs> um, I've tried to be consistent and it get, catches me. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I have an Instagram. I'm on Facebook and I'm also on TikTok. Um, and then my Facebook page is Harmony Emporium and currently this month every Monday evening I'm uh, in the month of October I have somebody helping me out doing live sales of my online exclusive clothing and she is a size large slash extra large which was really important to me you know so she kind of bridges the gap a little for me but she's definitely someone that was um, plus size that lost at least 70 pounds and She's, you know, will tell you about her bigger arms and her problem areas and where things stretch or don't stretch or fit right. And um, I really like her. Her name's Chanel and she's, it's important to me to have that kind of gap bridger of a person that can help with sizing and, and stuff like that for the boutique, especially the online clothes. So she tries on clothes from the online shop live and then you can ask questions of her about fit and feel too awesome i love that you're doing that well thanks again so much for coming on um guys go check out the store and support her thank you erin yeah thank you y'all wasn't that just incredible thank you for being here with me today and if you love this episode please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials We'll see you next time.